the Business Buzz Podcast. The, the Business Buzz. Good evening and welcome to the Business Buzz right here on VARFM 88.1. My name is Mario Mob Justice Gavaz and I'll be your host until about 8 p.m. Who's to say that the world of business can't be entertaining? Make sure you hold on to your seats as we seek to educate, entertain and keep you intrigued and informed about the world of business. So for today, uh, it is a Thursday and we're here until about 8 p.m. And uh, right now we're talking about how the financial services sector has actually changed quite rapidly uh, with the emergence of new technology that actually allows businesses and individuals uh, to easily make financial transactions using technology. So whether you're purchasing food online or sending an e-wallet to a friend, fintech is all around us in 2020. Tonight we're going to be talking about how uh, fintech is being used uh, in the informal sector and um, uh, for small businesses to drive business growth. Um, That's what we're going to be talking about today. So we're going to be having an interview with Felix uh, Kamenga, who is the Chief Officer for Financial Services at uh, MTN South Africa, um, talking to them about mobile money solutions uh, for the SME sector, and uh, we're also going to be talking about uh, uh, we're also going to be talking to Tina Mason, who is the Chief Operating Officer at A2Pay, um, which is a fintech um, company, about the changing behavior. Um, how, how sorry, how technology is changing behavior uh, for small small business owners, particularly uh, spaza shop owners. So that's how the show is going to be looking like, that focus on technology, uh, that focus on small businesses, that focus on um, the informal sector, that part of the business community that might not necessarily have access to formal financial services. So that's what we are going to be looking at for today. Also coming up for the next hour, we're going to be having uh, the business wrap. That's a part of the show where we give you a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news. And then we're also going to be giving you our Buffalo Index where we give you um, the state of your 100 rand and see uh, what your Buffalo can do for you for today. Uh, Otherwise, you can keep in touch with us. Um, Let us know on social media if you are, you know, uh, trading or you're using uh, mobile money. uh, What type of uh, fintech solutions uh, have you been exposed to? Are you using them as a consumer, perhaps as a business owner? Uh, On Facebook, we have our FM. That's Voice of Vits. You can also find our other Facebook page that is Viz Radio Academy. On Twitter, we're at VARFM and then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. And then you can also um, find podcasts of the Business Buzz show that are available on viz.journalism.co.za forward slash business. So that's how our show is looking like. On the other side of this, uh, we are going to get into our business wrap. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. Business Wrap with Sanele Kunene. It's time for us to get into the business wrap. That's a part of the show. We give you a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news. And for the first time in 2020, uh, we have um, our resident financial expert, um, Zanele Kunene, uh, who is a financial advisor at BDO Wealth Advisors. Um, Zanele, how are you? Yeah, with you, I'm super, super excited. <laughs> <laughs> As usual. You know, I looked at today's date. You know, it's like 20022020. It sounds so lucky. So tonight mm. we're playing the Powerball. We're uh-huh. doing the right thing. Uh-huh. Um, but tonight also we are going to be focusing on the budget speech. I think it's happening mm. next week. It's yes. important that we just go through it and we look at it quite well. Yeah. 
Um, so t- I read an article by Marcus Boerter, who's the head of corporate uh, head of corporate tax at BDO, and in this article he said he posed the question actually saying, "Why do we pay taxes?" Mm. And I was like, "It's when last did we why." When last did we even ask ourselves that question, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it, it reminded, you know, but it reminded me of um, this thing called first principles thinking, which is about not saying let's remake the wheel, mm. but what is the purpose of the wheel? What is, what is its fundamental? Yeah. You know? So when we're looking at why do we pay taxes, you know, it's because government is supposed to do certain things for us, you know. He's supposed to build cities and improve the economy. He's supposed to develop it in such a way that foreign in- we are attractive for foreign investment and then our exports are more that our exports grow a bit more. But what we find um is that there's this thing I call indirect taxes mm. that which is basically corruption taxes. Yeah. So what it means is, for example, basic education. If we had a good education system, we wouldn't then need to be looking for um, private schooling, for example, yeah. to say. Because what we are finding in our client meetings is we've got these young uh, parents starting out their families saying, we want to save up for our kids' education. They're not saying we're saving up for public schools. We're saving for private schooling because we know that the education there is far better. So if government were to have taken care of that and were to have invested within our teachers and invested technology, then those indirect taxes. And we see that across the board. Um, And another thing that I've noticed is that you have the the taxpayers' pool, which is shrinking quite a lot. And it's shrinking not because people don't want to pay their taxes. It's shrinking because the lack of trust that taxpayers have now um, when it comes to government spending because we're not seeing the value for what, what where the money is going. We don't see it. But what we do see is an increasing debt, uh, increasing debt within government spending. In the Sonnet speech last week, you know, Ramaphosa said, uh, the President Ramaphosa, he said that because we are unable to um, increase the growth levels within the country, we are also unable to generate an income that covers the, the expenses that we have. And he also mentioned that spending was, has also been redirected towards consumption rather than towards, you know, growing the economy um, or building the much-needed infrastructure. And another thing that's stopping our country from building that much-needed infrastructure is also that we are, we are directing quite a lot of um, the, the little income that we have towards servicing debt. Yeah. You know, so our funds are all going, they're all going left instead of going to places in which that will help us. Because if we think about it, by you, by us paying taxes, we are saying to government, this is our duty to you, but you also have a duty to us. And Marcus speaks about that in this article and struck me so Struck me in my heart. I was like, it's true. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, they, they, they meant to do something and they are not doing that. And when we are looking at the shrinking taxpayers' pool, we must also consider the unemployment rate as well. So you've got this shrinking taxpayers' pool that is paying for the whole country, and most and, and majority of that country, while well, 20 plus 25 percent is unemployed, yeah. and that 25 percent does not include those who have given up on uh, unemployment. Zanele, very yes. quickly, um, I like I like the fact that you you've 
emphasized quite a bit this shrinking tax base uh, because I think one of the points of consensus are a bit, uh, amongst economists at the moment is that we might see a VAT increase of some sort or some type of tax increase um, simply because um, the government is trying to fund all of these different um, projects that it has. Given what you've just said about the the, the shrinking tax base, etc., do you honestly expect that uh, the minister will, you know, f- tax us more than we already are? I think that if you were to consider that, it would be a lost option. But I've also heard people saying you might increase it. But if you if you just the personal income taxes of how it's already how taxpayers are already heavily heavily burdened by it, I think it's a matter now of how they collect taxes. Yeah. I think that that should be the, the main focus. Because if you remember last year, um, they were looking at the tax administration and really looking at that. And I know they put somebody new up front to run run the ship um, and to build uh, confidence back within taxpayers with SARS. Um, so I'm, I, I don't think that, that the VAT increase will happen. That's just my personal opinion. I think that what they could possibly look into doing is looking at how they collect taxes and improving that um, because I think that that's, a, that's like step one, you know. Where's the tax, you know? If we, you know <laughs> yeah. Let's start there. Let's not go and try and create another tap or make another tap bigger. But let's go to one that's already there and fix that structure to ensure that once that's done, then we could do other things. Mm. Um, but so that, that's just my opinion on that. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to actually ask you a question. I know you're running short on time, but you know, Bill Gates has been saying that he he believes that taxes on wealthy people should increase. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's I think it's a fair thought, but I think we should not uh, misconstrue what it is because when you look at the when I've looked at the personal break the breakdown sorry of uh, mm-hmm. how SARS t- uh, collects tax revenues um, at the end of the year, you see, for example, that um, personal income tax still makes up uh, an overwhelming majority of. Um, of the amount of tax that is collected. Not to say that rich people should not be taxed, uh, but simply to say that that is not like some panacea that will solve all our problems because even with 28% corporate tax, uh, the corporates in South Africa still make up a much smaller tax base. Even though you've got companies Mm. like NASPAS that are worth like a trillion rand, um, they and all their taxes still don't make up as much tax as government is able to collect from us. So even if South Africa, with all its wealthy people, was to start taxing them more, how much is that really going to? Um, how much are they really going to uh, collect? And will that be will that be enough? Because for me, I think um, what you, the the first point you raised when you started talking about indirect taxes, you know, corruption, leakages, etc. I think those are some of the big places where um, a government, the state, really needs to tighten up. That's just me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I think we do need to focus on that, but not in a commission inquiry. I think a real practical what's happening in the books mm. and tell the story. Yeah. Um, but it's just how we personally feel. <laughs> okay, cool. I guess.
Um, on the um, last on the last point about the budget, actually, do you expect any surprises um, from next week? Because um, our minister of finance is uh, quite a cavalier character. Uh, do you expect any surprises from the budget, or are we likely to see issues of uh, SOEs, the taxes, unemployment, um, the shrinking tax base that you just spoken about, servicing debt, or are, are those likely to just be the issues that? address next week um just taking upon what was said in the sauna which the sauna was basically for me personally i keep saying personally but what it was and we all know it the the sauna was uh, a repetition of the promises that were made previously and so there was nothing new within the sauna so for the budget speech i also don't i'm not really too hopeful on anything new but what i do know is i think we might get some practical um, well, not practical, but I mean, we might get some specific details yeah. in terms of how certain things that were promised within the sauna would, would be taking place. Because the sauna really missed um, details. It had it had no details, nothing that could reassure investors of um, any kind of commitment that government is willing to make to um, strengthen the economy, to fix the SOEs, or just to restabilize the economy. Okay, cool. So that's been us on the line with our financial expert, Zanele Kunene, telling us that she is expecting specific details from uh, Minister Tito Mboweni's budget speech next week, highlighting the fact that um, there are a lot of uh, structural issues that need to be addressed, specifically in direct taxes, the uh, servicing of the national debt, uh, together with addressing a shrinking um, tax base, and also just also highlighting that we are unlikely to see a VAT increase um, but um, one of the big issues that needs to be addressed is how um, the state collects tax revenues. So that's been it in terms of uh, the business wrap. On the other side of this, we get into the Buffalo Index. Business wrap with Zanele Kunene. The Buffalo Index on the business bus. It's time for us to tell you the state of your 100 rand in our Buffalo Index. And uh, for today, because we're focusing on the informal sector and because we're talking about uh, small businesses, we decided to look at a couple of items that uh, are uh, staples or you can expect to buy from a local sponsor shop. And uh, with 100 rand, uh, you will be able to get, you know, just a bit of cooking oil because uh, a big five liter, if you are, you know, taking, if you're buying it on that level, um, is about 131 rand so you'll need about 1.3 buffaloes to get that done uh, but uh, on the smaller end you know uh, too you can get uh, about uh, two packets of uh, Cadbury sweets uh, for your for your 100 rand otherwise uh, in terms of bread which is another staple you can get about uh, six uh, six and a half or so loaves of bread and then uh, milk which is uh, something else that uh, we find on a lot of of our, of our breakfast tables uh, you can get around uh, four and a half uh, cartons of uh, normal milk that's your uh, 500 mils and then uh, slap chips um, the medium size ones I think everyone likes uh, likes themselves some good slap chips those are about 20 rand so for your 100 rand you can get about uh, five uh, packets of those so that's been it in terms of our Buffalo index if you are you know going around and uh, uh, looking to buy some items from your local spaza shop uh, these are that's what your 100 rand can do for you on the other side of this we get into our main topic the buffalo index on the business bus you don't have to be a liker to like things oh my god 
So like us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Facebook. At Vowfan. In brackets, voice of bits. <laughs> You're tuned in to the business bus. Welcome back to the Business Buzz. Today we are talking uh, small businesses. We're talking uh, technology. Uh, we're talking about uh, how uh, fintech is being used um, in uh, you know financial technology. And uh, there have been some interesting insights that have come, uh, particularly um, from uh, the African continent. Uh, if you look at countries like uh, Kenya, uh, where mobile money, for example, has really been um, quite a phenomenal uh, quite a phenomenal product and has actually spurred a lot of activity um, on that end. And uh, I think something that's also quite interesting is the way that um, in life, um, uh, one of the things that's also been interesting is how, you know, countries like uh, uh, Zimbabwe, for example, actually run on an informal economy together with one of the fastest growing economies um, on the continent that is Ethiopia. And they um, they themselves um, are running on an informal economy, sorry, and have been growing at uh, quite a high percentage over the last couple of years. Um, so as we keep talking um, just around uh, some of these issues, um, it's quite interesting to to note um, that the informal sector is um, getting itself uh, quite a few... Uh, the informal sector, sorry, is getting itself quite a few um, interesting players and a lot of interest, uh, particularly from uh, technology companies. And for today's show, uh, the, the, we are going to be talking to MTN and we're going to be talking to A2Pay. Um, otherwise, we're going to take a quick break and then we're back on the other side of this. Welcome back to the Business Buzz Show for today. We are talking about uh, uh, small businesses. We're talking about the use of technology um, out there in the informal sector. Um, you remember that you can keep in touch with us, uh, get in touch, let us know uh, what are you doing in your business? Have you been using um, uh, financial technology and how is that going in your business? Um, our Facebook page, that is of our FM, that's Voice of Vits, and you can also find uh, the Vits Radio your academy uh facebook page and then you can also find us on twitter we're at VowFM, and remember that you can also find our podcast on vids.journalism.co.za uh, forward slash business so in terms of that um i just thought you know we could highlight the fact that um just before the break i was talking about countries like um zimbabwe countries like kenya where eco cash and uh, safari comms in pesa have really done a lot um to change the way that people are doing business there and uh, i know that um I was there uh, at the end of last year, actually, and it's actually quite interesting how uh, people are talking about the fact that because you can um, trade on your on your phones, on your mobiles, um, it makes uh, the ease of doing business um, pretty much easier. And then in terms of that as well, um, they have said that in countries like um, South Africa, um, it makes it uh, it makes it a bit difficult. Um, it makes it a bit difficult for ha- for you know services like that to actually have um things like that because um there's such a high rate of uh you know banking um in South Africa so that makes it a bit uh, difficult for some of the uh, some of the um fintechs to actually get on so 
What's been interesting is the way that um, in the rest of the continent they say that um, the rate of banking is actually less than uh, 50%. And... uh, yeah, it's actually at less than the 50%. Uh, but in South Africa, for example, it's at 75%. Uh, so um, it's it's at more than 75%. Um, so, so going ahead, um, it then says that... Um, what are the prospects and i've seen some interesting uh, fintechs uh, that are out there um one of them that was uh, quite interesting is uh, our guests that are going to be on the show uh, coming up and that is um, a2pay and uh, just giving trade finance as well and then uh, mtn's mobile money which it did launch uh, for the first time in uh, 2012 and then they've decided that they're going to do it again one of the biggest enablers um is just the fact that without access to formal banking, um, there's an opportunity for businesses to actually offer um, formal insurance services. Um, yeah, to offer infor- formal insurance services and to also offer, I guess, lines of credit um, as well. That's one of the things that's actually happened and what are called microloans. Um, so, uh, so what are called microloans and that's where you have um, very small amounts um, yeah that's where you have very small amounts um, that are actually forwarded to people and then I think two dollars I heard the other day that there are businesses that are advancing as much uh, as little as two dollars which is about uh, 20 to about 30 rand just depending on what the exchange rate is um, at the moment so in terms of that um, there's a lot of opportunities and when I was in uh, one of the informal settlements uh, last week it was also quite interesting to note that um, the amount of money that is flowing in these sectors is actually quite a bit we visited a spaza shop um, that's actually turning over uh, like a hundred thousand rand a month and another one that is doing about three hundred thousand rand a month and this is um, what in what you'd consider to be a typical um, a typical spaza shop so I don't know you know what opportunities people are going to be taking but i remember we did have a show um sometime last year or the year before and it was with uh, a man called Gigi alcock who wrote an interesting book um that is called um you know casinomics uh, just talking about uh, you know what's going on out there in uh, in the informal economy and the opportunities that are available for people that are you know willing to come in there and uh, give out the solutions so so another one that I saw uh, recently is about logistics and they offer trade finance. And now on the trade finance side, um, it's basically where you give people enough money to be able to buy and sell um, their stock uh, so that uh, buy and sell their stock so that um, at the end of it, because cash flow, working capital, things like that are really um, quite difficult for most uh, a really quite difficult uh, for really quite difficult for uh, for most people to do um, so going ahead we've uh, had a bit of trouble getting in touch um, with MTN but um, we are going to take a break and then we're back on the other side of this justice on the business bars. Welcome back to the business buzz and uh, as promised uh, we said that we're going to be talking uh, to MTN and on the line we are joined by Felix Kamenga who is uh, the Chief Officer for Financial Services at MTN South Africa uh, to talk to us about Momo which is their mobile money solution. Felix how are you? 
Good and you. I'm all right. Thank you so much uh, for joining us on the show today. Um, for those who might not know, could you just give us just a rundown of um, what uh, uh, MTN's Momo is and why you guys have decided that um, you are going to launch it again in South Africa? All right. Um, Momo Money is a service that's been around since, I think, 2008. 12, if I'm not mistaken, we did a TAD. Yeah, it's been on since 2012, and it has huge popularity across Sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah. Because what it does is basically extends financial inclusion and allows people who never had access to banking yeah. and uh, financial services, uh, it basically extends the reach to them. Uh, most importantly, I think it's the, the model has been built uh, around a very cost-effective uh, uh, access channel, so you can access it via your SSD or your your mobile phone app, and uh, it's 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 available uh, to mo- almost everybody because it's also a zero has zero fees on the account. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, one of the things that we are really quite focused on on today's show is, um, you know, how small businesses are using, you know, fintechs and, uh, you know, some of the technology solutions that are out there. So when it comes to, I guess, Momo in particular, how do you guys envision um, inf- the informal uh, sector and, I guess, the small business and SME sector to uh, make use of the solution that you guys have? Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because um, mobile phones and digitalization of, uh, of services really, really provides a, a, a vast array of solutions to, to small pieces, especially around uh, some of the inconveniences and insecurities they basically face on a day and some of the challenges they face on a day-to-day basis. Case in point, a lot of small businesses basically have a cash problem. Yeah. Um, with mobile money, it's possible, and we've done this. In, we're doing this currently in many of our operations, and we'll be rolling this out soon. We'll allow them to basically accept payments uh, electronically via mobile money. Yeah. So you can basically pay, uh, receive Momo payments. And you can also pay your suppliers in, with with, uh, with Momo. So we, we, we really have quite a big and broad uh, um, plan to, to basically deliver services that are really meaningful and helpful to, to that segment. In other countries, we've basically extended this to offer small loans. As you know, cash flow is a major problem for for small businesses and managing their cash flow. Imagine somebody who has to basically lock up his phone, probably go and get money to get more stock. Um, with mobile money, we we have, in other, especially in other countries, we basically made it easier for them to request and get a phone, I mean, a, a loan uh, on the fly. So that really brings and enables small businesses because a lot of these businesses really, they, they've, they don't have access to 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 what you call to to credit. Uh, in in almost, and I mean, I'm sure you'll appreciate. In some of the countries we operate in, we don't have credit bureaus and things like that. So we are able to utilize alternative scoring methods 
to to facilitate uh, the, the the what you call the the, the granting of that loan. So yeah. it's it's basically it's that, and then if you extend it further uh, in terms of uh, especially looking upstream in terms of the supply chain, they can basically be able to order their goods and services, place orders, and pay electronically. Now imagine someone who doesn't have access to, to to banking services. They have to collect cash and go and pay in cash to get uh, to get the the order filled. With mobile money, you just basically be able to call, place an order, and pay electronically. And and this is where our ambition really lies. Mm. We 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 have a lot of other things around. Uh, accepting payments and making sure that you can you you can actually um you can actually um uh, be able to to also service and fulfill most of your services electronically as well so we're not only talking about brick and mortar but we also have your e-commerce players that are small you've got a small shop yeah um uh, momo will make it and momo, we, you can use momo to to, to, to well, you can accept Momo, and especially for those um, for those um, businesses and e-commerce shops that are that are that are that find that those uh, the current uh, options that are on the market are burdensome, especially around costs. So we give them an option, and for the customers, it's it's a it's a real secure way to pay because it's cardless. Um, uh, our approach to e-commerce is when you go to a checkout point, you basically enter your number, you get a you get a prompt to confirm that that uh, purchase on your phone, yeah, and two clicks and you basically done. Okay. Now, Felix, um, I understand that you guys uh, you you did you did allude to it just now, but I understand you guys have uh, an, millions of subscribers who are using um, this uh, product in the rest of Africa. I think uh, thirty plus million users. Um, the last yeah. information that I checked, and you've actually launched it in countries such as Swaziland, which is really close to home, and uh, you know Nigeria, which is the most populous country um, on the continent. What are some of the takeaways um, that um, you think, I guess, South African, uh, the South African SME market could possibly um, use here in SA um, that you've uh, perhaps that you've seen in those other in those other markets? I think the, there's a general misconception around SMEs in terms of um, in terms of the way the businesses are run and. And I've uh, I've had the, the privilege of working across East Africa Central as well as West Africa, and I've seen in a lot of those markets. And the general misconception is that they don't want to formalize the business, and number two, they're not structured. Yeah. Which, to be honest with you, is a total misconception in terms of the way small businesses are conducted. The majority of small businesses. Uh, suffer mostly because of capital as well as access to markets. And what we try and do, and what we've learned is that by by enabling them with with the right accesses from internet to to access to financing, 
you can open up a whole world of, of uh, opportunities for them that will allow them to expand and grow their business and, and formalize it even further. So we are a big, big fan of small businesses and we intend to put a lot of emphasis on small businesses. Uh, we also want to create small business opportunities. So for, for us, it's, it's a major, major part of what we do. And in other countries as well as... Uh, something that we're starting locally. So those learnings have enabled, and we, we interact, we've generally interacted with small businesses a lot. Even here in South Africa, uh, the majority of our airtime is sold by spousal shops. So we, we have a good idea in terms of what the pain points are and some of the issues they face on a day-to-day uh, basis. And then I guess on the last point for us is in terms of, I guess, um, education, because I, I, I'm i sure um, that for that part of the market, there, there might be uh, perhaps resistance just in terms of understanding um, some of the benefits, etc. What type of um, initiatives are you guys, uh, you know, I guess, taking to make sure that people understand how um, the system works and some of the benefits uh, that could come from uh, making use of it? Yeah, we'll be. We will basically we we playing a, an army of uh, of of ambassadors that will be that will cover the the major cities as well as uh, some of the, the townships and uh, as well as some of the rural areas. We we really we really going to spend a, a lot of money on ensuring that that one to one interaction is facilitated. It's costly, but we. We really think that that the human touch, especially looking at at uh, the target market that we 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 we're looking at, that human touch would be very important. We also obviously running our own campaigns. We're building. We 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 have ads and we have we we have other digital channels for educating, but we are not discounting. Uh, we seem to have uh, lost Felix on the line. That was uh, Felix Kamenga, who is uh, the chief uh, operating, uh, sorry, the chief officer, sorry, for financial services at MTN South Africa. Just giving us a roundup of uh, their mobile money platform and uh, how it. Uh uh, how it is uh, going to be used in South Africa and uh, what they're planning to do in the local market and uh, gleaning from some of the lessons that they have made um, uh, from uh, uh, from the rest of the countries that they are in, um, countries like Yoswazilands, countries like uh, Nigeria and Ghana. So that's been it in terms of this part of the show. We'll be back on the other side of this. You're tuned in to the Business Bus. Welcome back to the business, Buzz. We just came from uh, talking uh, to Felix Kamenga, who is the Chief Officer for Financial Services at MTN South Africa, giving us a roundup of uh, what they're doing with mobile money. Um, on that end, they recently uh, launched it in South Africa um, uh, at the end of January into February. And they are saying that they want it to be as easy as using uh, cash. Uh, but right now we want to switch over uh, to talk about how technology might be used uh, to change the behavior of uh, uh, you know your small business owners particularly in the informal sector and on the line we are joined by tina mason who is the chief operating officer at uh, fintech firm a to pay tina how are you i'm very well matiwa 
Thank you for having me on the on the phone on the on the radio, and welcome to your listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, perhaps could you give our listeners just a roundup of um, A to Pay and uh, the project that you guys are running in terms of uh, equipping uh, informal traders and sponsor shop owners um, with terminals, uh, trade financing, and how that is working. Yes, it's a, it's a lovely story. It's really a collaboration between a private fintech company, uh, the, a state entity like the in this case, the Jobs Fund, and then SASME. And uh, the SASME Fund, which has provided us with uh, on-lending capital to facilitate financial inclusion for the sponsor shop. Yeah. So in a nutshell, what we've got is we've got this very robust um, uh, technology backbone. And um, technology changes lives when it uh, solves a pain point or adds value. Yeah. And in collaboration with the Jobs Fund, we got this project to reduce the barriers to sustainable employment through the application of technology. It's a long-winded thing, way of saying, uh, use technology to improve the sustainability of businesses. And we went out and we, we took this, this backbone and we looked at how we could solve some of the major pain points for the Sparza shop. Yeah. And, um, and so there are really five main pain points that Sparza shops or small traders in the informal sector struggle with. Um, the first one is a lack of regulation, which we can't impact uh, directly. But the, then they have isolation, lack of access to technology, lack of control of their business, mm. lack of access to funding. Mm. So we built the tool, which is a, 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 a point of sale device, which allows the merchant to control and run their entire business and build a trading history. Mm. And then with the coaching methodology to enable people to adopt the technology. Yeah. It's a fairly involved uh, behavioral change that we are facilitating here. Yeah. But our, our, our whole focus on the project has been based on four simple assumptions. Yeah. One is that entrepreneurs create jobs. Yeah. Two, that if you give the right people the right information, they make the right decisions. Three, the primary market is where it's at. We don't call the informal sector the informal sector, we call it the primary market. Primary Before, market, yes. technology changes lives. So when you are able to step-by-step step move a merchant through some of the transitional processes or, or changes that go on in terms of moving from one state to another, yeah. and you've got um, people who can handhold that and actually support, because it's not training, it's actually coaching. And once the light goes on and the right people see the right information, they then adopt the technology. Because I was going to ask, uh, in terms of making those behavioral changes, do you meet mm. any um, type of resistance? Because I can imagine that um, your your business owners must be, there must be quite a wide spectrum of ages Absolutely. from uh, very young to perhaps older generations yes. that might not necessarily have grown up with a smartphone. Yes. yes. So the... the well, absolutely, and what we've learned is, is, is we've, we've built a, a coaching methodology that enables a young South African, we employ young uh, first-time workers, and we provide them with the content and the ability to coach, yeah. not just the content. And of course there's resistance, there's resistance to change all the time. But when people see the benefit, so it's about taking the step with someone, showing them the benefit, taking the next step with them, showing them the benefit. When they see that they control, can, can control their stock in their shop, they can control theft, they can see their turnover, 
they can actually start having a plan and a vision for themselves because now they can access capital because they've got a trading history. Um, then people change their behavior. So the majority of our merchants are in their middle years. We've even got a Gogo at 72. And we've got a young girl who we had on television the other day at 32. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. It's the full spectrum. Um, on that, I actually like the fact that you've brought out, uh, you know, the, the young lady at 32 and mm. the and uh, the older lady at 72. <laughs> uh, do you have any, any, any success stories or any interesting stories of, uh, you know, perhaps how uh, some of these uh, spousal shop owners have been able to grow their businesses using the technology? Yes, absolutely. So once people have got the disciplines in place, yeah. this is all about discipline. It's an exchange of behavior for benefit. Once we have got the disciplines embedded in the business, in other words, there are FMCG disciplines and there are financial disciplines to running a retail outlet. Yeah. And once we can see the trading history, people can then apply for capital. So in the process of reading someone for financial inclusion, the massive change happens in the business when people can A, control their business, yeah. and B, then access capital. So yeah. the two people in question we spoke about now, um, both quadrupled um, their, their turnover, um, and uh, um, did the most astonishing things. So they um, bought a popcorn machine, the Google bought a popcorn machine, she bought a deep fryer, she started putting an additional uh, lines, uh, product lines onto her business. Um, the, the young girl of 32 actually operates out of a proper shack. It's not a formal business. It's not, mm. a, not a bricks and mortar or a container. Yeah. And um, uh, she, she, literally, she, she quadrupled her turnover. She bought a snooker table with the, with the capital. Yeah. Um, she now has... And, and what we've seen is when the technology is there to provide the information and when the coaches are there to provide the sport and the, and the coach ceases to be relevant after a while because they've done their job and there's the capital you actually see a um people start to dream and to plan and to execute again um so uh, the, and the disciplines have improved enormously in the business people start taking a pride in their business yeah. and a pride in themselves Okay. Um, because we're running out of time, we only have time for one more question. And that's just around uh, how do you or how do you communicate the need uh, for more organizations or uh, corporate entities or government, for example, to actually come on board? Because um, I think the initiative you, you are talking about right now, I think you mentioned uh, three different entities, uh, yeah. organizations coming together yeah. to make this work. Do you have capacity to get more power? partners on board, um, what type of synergies do you see going forward? Um, we definitely do. Um, uh, at the moment, th this collaboration is working beautifully. So, so, so the Job Fund is a highly competent government division. They report directly to Treasury. And they have facilitated the equipment um, transfer to, to the merchants and various other investments. Yeah. And then we built the training and coaching methodology and then the essays and he's obviously done the finance. Yeah. So yes, what we found is that um, I think the answer is yes, we do have capacity for that. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, that was us with uh, Tina Mason, who is the Chief uh, Operating Officer at A2Pay, which is a fintech firm uh, that is working uh, to facilitate um, trade finance and technology solutions for Spaza shop owners at the moment. Um, that was uh, That's it for today's show. Uh, thank you so much to all our guests. We started off the show uh, with uh, Felix Kamenga, who is the Chief uh, Officer for Financial Services at MGN South Africa. And then we ended off with the Tina Mason from A to Pay. Uh, some interesting uh, insights coming out. Uh, just the fact that people are taking time to develop solutions and uh, fintech solutions in particular for uh, the informal sector or what Tina refers to as a primary market uh, means that there's a lot of untapped opportunities um, on in that part of the market. And I think the exciting part is uh, what uh, Felix is talking about, um, just making it easy um, to make payments, um, getting around the risks of carrying around cash and just enabling uh, people to run their businesses from their phones. In the same way, building a credit history uh, using the terminals that A2Pay is using uh, is, has created, sorry, uh, making it easier for people to trade. So that's been it for today's show. Remember that you can keep in touch with us on Facebook. We have our firm that's Voice of Vits. Our other Facebook page is the Vits Radio Academy. On Twitter, we're at VARFM and then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. Uh, thank you to our amazing team. Our producer is uh, Gloria Mabuza together with our technical producer uh, Kutuano Serame. Don't miss the business buzz same time, same place next week for more insight into the world of business. Up next on the VARFM lineup, we have a living electro. So from myself, Mdio Mob, Justice Kavaza and the rest of the team, it is good evening and take care. Mob Justice on the Business Buzz. The Business Buzz Podcast.